Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 chair. Silverberg, 49% in his career. Right-handed shot in over the line. Top of the circles. Re-shot off the post. And Edmonton has prevailed. 2-1 in a shootout. It was a game of close calls. And the final one goes the Oilers' way. Exciting one tonight at Rogers Place. And the Oilers are able to edge the Anaheim Ducks 2-1 in a shootout. Mike Camilleri with a beautiful move and Ryan Nugent Hopkins scoring in the shootout for Edmonton. Ricard Raquel had the only shootout goal for Anaheim in regulation time. Chris Russell scoring for Edmonton. Ryan Kessler, his first of the season for the Ducks coming on a power play early in the third. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 10-17, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. During the game, the Oilers announcing that they have acquired goaltender Al Montoya from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a conditional fourth-round draft pick. So a new backup goalie is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Montoya expected to join the Oilers for their upcoming five-game road trip that leads into the bye week. Montoya uh, Montoya hasn't played a lot this year. Four games with the Canadians. Suffered a concussion a couple of months ago. Well, Rob, that was a tight game, a tense game. You can go. Uh, you can go back and forth with close calls both ways, where you know either team could have taken the lead or or tied it up. You know when Anaheim uh, was behind, the Oilers' power play, man, oh man, a couple of power plays in overtime couldn't quite win it. But how were they able to survive this one? Well, they they played good. It, it, it was it's one of those games that I we're going to get a lot of people that are happy with the game tonight and, and the fact they got two points. And, and you wonder had. Nuge not scored in the shootout, and, and and I'd come down. Would people still feel the same way? And they should, because the Oilers played a good hockey club, and they did deserve or a good hockey game. They did deserve the two points. They did the things they needed to do. Now there are things that they need to continue to work on. Their specialty teams weren't good tonight. Uh, I mean, if they would not have won this hockey game, if they would have lost it in a shootout, having two power play chances in overtime, you know, it would have been very disappointing. But all in all, it was a, an effort that they needed. I thought they were, uh, it was a complete team effort. Their goaltending was excellent tonight. Their best players, such as Connor McDavid, were very, very good. Uh, and, and Anaheim's a team that they need to uh, reel in in the standings. And they, I mean, you'd love to get the two points on them, but tonight they got one, and it's a start going into a, a very tough road trip. So this means the Oilers are eight points out of a playoff spot. They're at the halfway point of their season, 18, 20, and 3 for 39 points. Minnesota now holding down 
the last wild card spot with 47 and San Jose third in the Pacific with 47 points. So the Oilers out of uh, both playoff spots, uh, eight points. This actually bumps Anaheim down to ninth. They have 47, but Minnesota has the tiebreaker. 780-496-0063 is how you can get us. We're going to get post-game reaction from both dressing rooms tonight as well. So w- with, the, with the power plays, Rob, I mean, man, the we were talking about some of the penalties that both ways that mm-hmm. we didn't like in the second period. Anaheim actually got their tying goal on the, I mean, to call it ticky-tack <laughs> is insulting to both ticks and tacks. The Lucci slashing penalty, the Anaheim ties it on that. Connor McDavid is rushing late in the game, five seconds left, takes a high stick to the face. So the Oilers get a minute 55 of four on three. Didn't really even get a great chance. How come? Well, they, 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 they moved it around more than they put the puck on net. And to me, if you get a four on three, just fire away. Just keep firing away. And, and uh, they, they have the, the, the righty-lefty out there. They have the test, and they're looking for the perfect play. So when the Oilers get their, their four and three power play, a lot of the times they're looking for that one wide open net that's going to finish it. But teams know what they're looking for. So they sink down, and they're, tr- they're not allowing the, the cross-ice pass to Letestu back door. Uh, they did a good job. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks did a very good job at, at not giving the quality chance, but at some point put a puck on net. And the one, the, the one problem with, that the Oilers have is they don't really go with a net front presence on that. Leon's down there, but he kind of moves to the side, and then he eventually kind of slides up, and he's another one-timing threat. Their second four and three power play, they did go to a, the net front presence. They went with four forwards and had Milan in front of the net, and that was where they got their chances because they, they just put pucks on net. Now, they were at that time a little more eager, a little more desperate, knowing there was only 20-some seconds left in the period, and they were much more aggressive. And I'm sure uh, Leon would love to have the second one back as he just just missed the wide-open net. But that one, they were aggressive. I think they've got to take that mentality into the first four and three and put pucks on net. Nonetheless, the Oilers survive even though they lose the special teams battle. Rob alluded to the goaltending, both Gibson and Talbot, very good. Each guy making 33 saves in uh, regulation time, and uh, overtime shots were 34-34. And then in the shootout, McDavid fanned on his, gets left, shoots wide. Mike Camilleri goes. Did a little lap by the Ducks bench right over to the boards and, and then take us through that movie made, Rob. Well, what, what you like about it, and he did it, and as well uh, Raquel did it when he went on their, their shot for Anaheim, is they a lot of movement. And what you do when you're coming in, normally when you're on a breakaway in a hockey game, you're going straight because you're usually being chased. You don't have a lot of time. But when you have the shootout, you have a lot of time to do whatever you want. Go wide and, and, and try to go back and forth because every time you move, the goaltender has to move his feet. So he never gets completely set. But Camilleri, and I'd never, I haven't seen him take a shootout. And, 30% wow. career coming in. And, and very impressive because he came in and he came from the side and he sold shot and Gibson bought shot. And when Camilleri went around, he actually could have went around and stopped and he could have put it anywhere. He, he did a little backhand, but Gibson was done. And Camilleri had the entire empty net to put the puck in the net. So it was an absolutely gorgeous move by him. And I think we've found a, a new guy that's going to be part of the shootout uh, brigade for, for the Edmonton Oilers because that's as good as it gets. Raquel went next. And I actually thought Talbot played that pretty well, but a great shot by Raquel. Well, in, in all honesty, I think that the Ducks, after watching Connor McDavid go, 
decided they were going to shoot the puck because Connor McDavid came down, tried making a move, and the puck bounced about 10 times on him. Right. And I, I, I noticed all night, I don't think the ice was good tonight. It seemed like both teams fought it a lot. A lot of good chances were, were thwarted, not by opposition players, but by bad ice. So then the, the Ducks started coming down and shooting the puck instead. And the one that Talbot let in, I mean, he played it well, but sometimes a, a good shot just beats you. And that was a not only a good shot, that was a great shot by Raquel. Well, and then the one that eventually won the game for, for the Oilers, the one that went off the crossbar, that was probably the best shot of them all. Silver, Silverberg, as he went off the crossbar, and out an absolute bomb. But Nugent Hopkins with a, a wonderful opportunity, and he just, that is quick hands. When Nugent Hopkins came in, he came in on his back end and very quickly pulled it to his forehand, and that's his shot. He always likes going uh, bottom blocker. On the goaltender, and when you bring it across as fast as he did, Gibson had no chance. So the Oilers get by the Ducks 2-1 in a shootout. I think we'll talk, uh, Rob. well, Rob talked about the power play, but they're not scoring a lot. One goal, one non-shootout goal in their last three games, but they did snap their two-game shutout skid. Chris Russell scored in the second period that ended a goalless drought of 153-43. Post-game reaction coming right up. We'll go to the phones here for a second, 780-496-0063. We have Rob standing by. Rob, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, basically, just want to say that you know, I'm pretty pumped that the, the boys finally pulled one out here tonight. It was good to see after I mean, getting shut out two straight games. It's not fun to see as a fan. Um, I like their game overall. Uh, there's a couple things that were a little frustrating that I'm still – I still don't know if the coaching staff just don't stress it enough or not, is basically shooting the puck on the power play and in general. I mean, when you shoot the puck, you're going to get more opportunities to score, right? And, I mean, Connor McDavid, like, if he if he shot the puck a lot more, I feel like he would be, like, a 50-plus guy. And don't get me wrong, he had an unbelievable game, but he probably could have had four goals tonight if he just kept – if he shot the puck a little bit more. Well, well, we hear that a lot. Yeah, I mean, they're they're always going to say that. They they said it about Gretzky. He's got to shoot more. They there was the one uh, it was an odd man rush where he passed to Milan Lucic or tried to, and I think that one he should have shot. But uh, he does he leads the Oilers in shooting every year. I mean, he he does take a lot of shots. I think he sees things that we don't. And he thinks he can make plays that he well that he can make, uh, but yeah, I do agree. The more he plays, the more he's going to learn what he can and can't do. And uh, I, I think he is being more aggressive now with the shooting than he has been in the past. Uh, but it'll still come. I mean, one day he d- might just wake up and at the beginning of the season and say, "You know what? I'm going to score 60 this year," and he'll just start shooting everything, and he will score 60 because he's that good. Five shots on goal for Connor McDavid tonight to lead the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, he, he shoots. I mean, he's got the puck on a stick all the time, so he probably could get 10, 15 shots every night if he wanted. Two goals for the Oilers means a one hundred or a fifty dollar donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give twenty-five bucks every time the Oilers score. The total for the season can be tracked on the Oilers page on six thirty ched dot com. It is up to two thousand eight hundred and seventy-five dollars. So, uh, th- this is the halfway point, Rob. So, I, I mentioned the record 18, 20, and 3. Underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, they're, they're, they're only one win behind the Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks are now 19, 14, and 9. 
So they haven't been good in extra time, but you. But they get to extra time, and and I said with Bob at the end of the period or at the end of the game there that at the the last five to seven minutes of this hockey game, the Oilers were pressing to get that next goal to win it in regulation. To me, it looked like the Anaheim Ducks were trying to get into overtime. They get that point. You know what? If we're on the road, we get a point against a team that's chasing us. You know what? That's pretty good for us. So uh, they, they they're very good, uh, a very good defensive team. Uh, when they back off and play that role, they can you know, get it into the extra time, and that's what they want. They just keep piling those points up. They they understand what it takes to win divisions because they've done it enough. So they just continue to get the extra point, and if they can win the skills competition, even better. But uh, it was a good night for the Oilers. They got the two points they needed. Unfortunately, the a lot of the other teams in the that they're chasing got two points again tonight, too. The Oilers 6-2 and two against the Pacific Division. Three games left against every other team in the division. So still uh, 21 games left within the division. They're going to have to win the the large majority, but at least they they keep their hopes uh, alive. They are dim, but they have not been extinguished as we do check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. The Calgary Flames fell behind 2-0 against the uh, Los Angeles Kings, but they are able to rally and get the victory in that one. 4-3 is the final. The Coyotes get an overtime win, 3-2 over the Predators. Avalanche shut out the Blue Jackets 2-0. Stars over the Devils 4-3. Oilers will play at Dallas Saturday afternoon. Minnesota blows out Buffalo 6-2. Niederreiter gets a hat trick. He's up to 13 goals on the season. Blues edge the Golden Knights 2-1. My prediction was wrong. It was... The you had the Blues right score. Had the right score, but it's the Blues getting the third period goal to win, not the Golden Knights. Montreal getting by Tampa Bay 2-1 in a shootout. Carolina shuts out Pittsburgh 4-0. Flyers get past the Islanders 6-4. And the Maple Leafs beat San Jose 3-2 in a shootout. Your scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. World Juniors, Canada 7. Czech Republic 2. Sweden 4. United States 2. So Canada, Sweden in the final tomorrow. Okay, if you're on hold, stay there. We're getting you in. You're going to hear from head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers are able to stay with it tonight and get a dramatic victory into the shootout. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will get credit for the game-deciding goal. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. The Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout over the Anaheim Ducks. Their 18th win of the season, Chris Russell scored in regulation time. Game-deciding goal will be credited to Nugent Hopkins. Cam Talbot, 33 saves to get the victory. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks for joining us tonight. We're inside Rogers Place. You'll hear from Todd McClellan in about 90 seconds. But first, we got a phone call from Gary. Gary, go ahead. Just going to uh, mention a couple of points, uh, Rob and Reed. Uh, fantastic game. It was a playoff atmosphere. Uh, I just want to throw a, a short one out to Rob because I don't think he's ever seen this. But uh, in the Toronto game, uh, there was a fight between uh, Thornton and, and Kadri. Yeah. yeah, and Kara. Honest to God, if you look at the replay, Rob, you—I don't know if you've ever seen this, and I've seen a lot of hockey. He had a handful of his beard, and it was literally laying on the ice. The referee came by and with a great big hand and scooped it up, and then threw it over to the players' bench. But it was 
it was something that I wanted to mention because it was I've never seen it in all the years of hockey. I've never seen that. No, neither have I. Well, it's funny when they showed the the San Jose bench. There's a couple of the players like, is that his beard on the ice? Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, no, I've I've never seen that. It's funny. I mean, I guess if you're gonna grow a beard that goes down to your navel, I guess someone's gonna grab it at some point. Actually, I think yeah. he looks better without the beard. I think Kadri's doing him a favor. Honest to God, the guys with the beards, I don't know what it, what's going on, but uh, if you're fighting somebody, grab the beard, pull his hair, uh, pull his face down, and, and then swat him a couple, and that'll be the oh, end of the beards. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to make a couple of points, uh, guys. I, I think that the Oilers uh been going through a lot. There's no question about it. I mean, you, you probably hear the fans on a regular basis where there was a little bit of booing, but you gotta you got to hand it to them tonight, and McDavid was just flying. But I wanted to ask you a question about uh, three points. Uh, we got the goaltender from Montreal for a fourth-round draft pick. McToya? Montoya. Yeah, Montoya. I can't even say it right, but I've watched him, and I was just wondering what you thought, Reed and Rob, on that to get that goaltender. Well, he's a he's a career backup. He actually was a high draft pick. He was drafted uh, sixth overall in two thousand four. Right. The first goalie taken in that draft. The second goalie taken, by the way, was a, a gentleman by the name of Devin Dubnik. His numbers Devin with Dubnik? Oh, his good. numbers this year with Montreal are not good. Though he only has four appearances, and he was with Montreal when they were doing quite bad. Uh, he's a 908 career save percentage. Uh, a couple years ago, he had a 919 with Florida. He's played 159 games. He's an ex- he's an experienced backup, which they haven't had. And you, and we're probably going to see him on this road trip. I would imagine the Oilers twice play back to back games. So I would think that one of the reasons they brought him in is they knew they're going to have to play a backup, and they obviously feel that uh, LB isn't the guy they want yet. So they brought in a veteran to. Well, uh, relieve the load that uh, Talbot's had. Gary, thanks a lot for calling. Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout. Let's hear from head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Todd, the players in the room talked about just having a commitment to defend from the goalie out and buying into that and then you know being receptive to adjustments from the coaching staff. Can you just talk about what you saw from them tonight? Well, we saw that we saw those traits show up in the game tonight, and we were able to keep a pretty good team to one goal. Um, some of the small things that we worked on in practice showed up in the game. Um, I thought the, the commitment level was high enough to win a National Hockey League game defensively, and it just goes to show like you, you can't let teams get to three or four and, and expect to score five or six. Uh, it took us to a shootout just to get the points, so the players responded well. Um, you know they weren't they weren't pleased at all with with the results the last two games, not one bit, and uh, they wanted to uh, to come up with a good effort. They did that. Now let's build on it as we go on the road. Todd uh, McDavid won 13 of his 20 draws tonight. He was 65 percent in in a matchup like this. In what ways does that help him, and how much of a difference does that make? Well, it makes a, a huge difference. You know, there's areas of the game. I get asked this question every now and then. Where, what can Connor do better? Because he's such a, a dynamic, tremendous player. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, but that would be one area that I know that he'd like to improve on. And to do it against one of the top uh, five teams in the NHL as far as face-offs go, um, against some big, strong guys, it was a good night for him and, and a rewarding night. He got to play in, in the offensive zone. It allowed us to... Uh, 
to get away from a few matches at times when you when you win faceoffs. And um, I thought he was tremendous tonight all over the rink. You guys acquired a backup goalie uh, today, Al Montoya. Can you talk us through that? Um, yeah, it was a. Uh, you know, it was something that we thought we needed to provide our group um, a while ago. It just doesn't happen overnight. And, um, you know, for a couple of reasons, Cam's workload and uh, to LB's development, um, we've put ourselves in a situation now where Cam's going to play a ton of hockey. And uh, a young goaltender isn't going to get as much as we originally thought he would at the beginning of the year. Um, so LB will get, uh, we'll figure out what, we, what we're going to do with LB when Montoya comes off of IR, which should be fairly soon, and then um, LB will get an opportunity to play and develop so that he gets uh, some net time this season. Um, he hasn't got enough of it um, since he went on his run, and he probably won't get a lot more of it uh, by being here. Would you expect Montoya to be available for you on Sunday in that second of the back-to-back? Well, he'll join us um, He'll make the trip to Dallas. We're going to Dallas, and I uh, uh, expect him to join our team there if everything goes well border-wise and all that type of stuff and weather-wise. And um, obviously he's on IR. He hasn't played for a little while, but he has been skating. Um, we've been told he's healthy and, and ready to, or awfully close to come off. Um, so we'll make that call when we get down there. We'll introduce him to his new teammates. He's a veteran goaltender that's done this a number of times in his career. And, uh, uh, you know, I believe off the top of my head, his track record of, of coming in and playing for new teams is pretty strong. So we, uh, we anticipate he'll be able to give us some good games when we need him. Your even strength play has been pretty consistent, actually quite good all, all <coughs> season long. And you're, you're waiting for that special teams to, to do something for your group. Uh, did you see signs from your power play tonight? Yep. They're doing things better? I saw signs from both units, power play and penalty kill. I thought our penalty kill was exceptional. They got a seeing one in from the, uh, from the blue line, but we did a lot of the things we worked on in practice. Um, you know, so that was a, uh, a step definitely in the right direction. It looked more confident. The guys felt good about it. And the power play, we created numerous chances. Even at the end, Leon had a wide open net and missed by about three inches. So numerous chances that just aren't finding the back of the net and and uh, so it was it was dangerous tonight it's um, as I said before we played LA other teams get in the way sometimes uh, their penalty kills disrupts things and and um, but I thought both units power play and penalty kill um, showed an improvement from 48 hours ago Todd a couple of things uh, why Camilleri and the shootout normally you have to test to in there Obviously, you look. Yeah, Cammy has very, very good uh, hands, poise, and um, when we practice shootouts, we knew coming in he had pretty good numbers and he'd won or scored a number of times in his career. Um, you know, an unknown out in our division a little bit too. He came from the East, so um, just a hunch. And playing the Ducks, was it easier for your team? to get back to playing the way they should, knowing that's the team you played in the playoffs seven times and then four or five more times last year, and you know exactly how you have to play against that team to win the game? I guess I would answer this question right now. Easy doesn't apply in our vocabulary right now. Like, there's nothing easy for our team. So um, did it help having a, a sense of how the game might go and knowledge of the team? Of course it does, but there's nothing easy about playing right now for our team. 
You guys jumped out to a 13-2 shot uh, differential in the first period. Then things evened up more in the second. Were you a bit concerned that your guys were going to get frustrated that they hadn't scored? No, because they showed signs of, uh, of doing the things the right way. There wasn't a lot of cheating. There wasn't a lot of shortcuts. Uh, we didn't get impatient. Uh, they had their push, and I thought we weathered the storm fairly well. We played pretty good defensively. Uh, some of the game management stuff got better. We, we changed at the right times. We didn't extend shifts. So I wasn't as, as anxious as maybe I've been in, in other situations. Can you talk about your captain's game a little bit beyond just the face-off? <coughs> Tremendous. He skated 100 miles tonight. Yeah, he did. And he skated 100 miles going 100 miles an hour. And um, that's not an easy team to play against, as we know from the past. They, they check well. They've got big, strong defensemen. Uh, they've got some forwards that are committed to shadowing, if you will. And uh, Connor showed tremendous leadership tonight. I thought he said, follow me and I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it fast. And you guys come along and, and everybody did. Todd, moving to Ryan and, and Milan off of you know, respective units, what, what's the, the goal or plan? What does Nugent Hopkins hope you're, he's going to bring to that unit and maybe vice versa? Well, just a little bit of a, of a different look. Um, it takes, when Leon and Nuge are together, they can, they can interact in different positions, uh, one getting to the net, one getting to uh, a wide lane. Uh, it's basically a different look just to, to shake some things up a little bit. Uh, the, the secondary unit, um, I feel they, they want to shoot the puck a little bit more maybe than the first unit. And having Luch in and around the paint uh, for that one was the thought process there as well. That is Oilers head coach Todd McClellan breaking down their 2-1 shootout win over the Anaheim Ducks. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown at Rogers Place. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Jed standing by. Jed, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, Rob, I just want to ask you, okay, number one, you said about the power play being routine and a lot of teams catching on. Now, with 20 second, 26 seconds left, what do you think about pulling the goalie? I know they've lost the last two games and 5-0, 5-0. Would you pull the goalie, put the extra guy out there, leave everybody there, put Clefbaum back on the point, and stick Luch in front of the net and just let him go it? No, for the simple reason that Anaheim's a very good face-off team, and they win the face-off straight back. They can shoot the puck down into an empty net. And if you pull your goalie in overtime, you do not get the point. point. Yeah. So if they score, you wouldn't get a one-point Three seconds left, maybe. 22 seconds left. No. no. And I'm so such a good face-off team, too, so they just win it straight back and fire it down. I mean, a 4-3 and three power play nowadays is, I don't want to say it's automatic, but you look around the National Hockey League, overtime games that are won, a lot of them are won on the 4-3 and three power play, and the Oilers got the look they wanted. Drysaddle had the wide open net. They, they set up the play perfectly. He just missed the net. So, uh, And I, I do also like the Oilers' chances if it does go to a shootout. I think they've got some pretty talented players that uh, they can feel pretty confident if they get into the shootout part. So, no, I wouldn't pull a goalie. I understand what you're saying, but and there, there have been times late in seasons where you need two points. That's a possibility, yeah. but just not now. One of the villains in, oils con- in oil country is Ryan Getzlaff. His comments for BDO, first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. A game like that, uh, I mean, Gibby was terrific and goal. You saw, saw what Connor was doing. Is, that, is it tough to see a game like that get decided in a shootout? Um, well, it's nice to see it get decided either way. I mean, 
guys worked hard tonight, both sides of the puck, and um, you know, goalies both played good. Uh, we both had opportunities. It just it was one of those hard-fought games. What makes? I mean, you obviously see the speed and skill that Connor has, but what what is there? Other things that he does that makes him just tough to handle at, at any point uh, in a um, game. Well, he's smart and he's a good hockey player. He's got good hockey sense, um, and his ability to hit holes is, you know, almost unmatched in this league. So, did a good job containing him tonight, um, doing the things that we needed to do around him. And um, he's always going to get opportunities. That's, you know, you're never going to shut a guy like that down. Um, it's a matter of just containing things and making sure that we jump on our opportunities. Just even drawing penalties and stuff. Too. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, the penalty calls and stuff in this league, now it's, you have to kind of, it's hit or miss. I mean, it's, you know, I do, I go into corners and take nine times the beating that some of these guys take and, uh, and they don't call penalties. And it's just a matter of what they want to see. And, 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 and it's not the referee's fault. It's just the way the league's going now. It's, they want all this little nickel and dime stuff called all the time. And, um, and it's frustrating as players because we're trying to, you know, we're trying to produce, we're trying to play. And, um, and you end up getting, you know, three, four power plays in the last five minutes of the game, and that's not right. Gibson uh, made three or four unbelievable saves, I guess. Towards yeah, he played great. I mean, he, Gibby's given us a chance to win every single night of the year so far. So um, he, again, made some great stops in there, uh, stops the ones that he should and, uh, and a lot of the ones that he should. You helped him out. <coughs> yeah. Well, help him out. To, I took him out to begin with, so it's the least I could do, probably. How much of a panic is that to have his skate caught up in the net in the finish? Well, it's more of a panic that I was sitting there with my face riding on that puck coming at me. I had no idea his puck stick or his skate was caught in the net. But either way, it's a little bit of a panic when a guy's shooting and uh, you've already taken out your goalie. All right, that's Ryan Getzlaff. Unhappy with the officiating tonight, Rob Brown. Is that I'm sure Oilers fans are rolling their eyes right now. Well, but he's right, and this is the the one thing that that players get frustrated about is there will be things that are, you know, in a in a corner where it's it's physical, a punch, a hit, or elbow, anything like that, and doesn't get called. The part they'll say it's oh, it's just part of the play. You just play it, play it out, and then they'll give the little slash that Lucic got or the little slash. Uh, another way that have don't have any effect to me it's if something is is physical that uh, they could hurt a player or if there's something that takes away a score chance scoring chance those have got to be automatic but they're not because sometimes just too many penalties called because you just called three silly ones but that's the what the National Hockey League has pushed forward it's not on the refs for the most part but tonight there was a couple that were questionable and it does take away from the flow of a hockey game so I understand exactly what he's saying Nurse, the penalty on Nurse with 22 seconds left in overtime. I on on Nurse. Th- that's, oh, okay. That, oh, that, sorry. Uh, Fowler slash. Fa- yeah, that nurse. was a te- that was a terrible call. Yeah, uh, I mean, if I'm going to complain about the Lucic one, I have to be fair and complain about that one too. That was. I mean, I know Nurse was right in front of the net, but I, I don't know if that adjusted. Nurse's it didn't. Shot at it all. didn't hit the hand. It didn't hit the stick. So I, yeah, again, that was a, a bad call. The other one was the right call. The McDavid well, one. McDavid got yeah, he got a, a stick, stick in right face. in the face. That's yep. absolutely right. But this is the one. The one that all players will complain about is the they'll complain about the one they called on Lucic. They'll complain about the one they called. I think it was Fowler that got him. Got Nurse on the hands. Those are just. I, I don't like those calls because right there the referee is putting. Uh, he's making a. He's he's affecting the outcome of a hockey game. 
and, and that's not the way it should be. The players should affect the outcome. The players should be the ones winning and losing hockey games. It shouldn't be on the ref. Oilers take it 2-1 in a shootout. Three stars, McDavid, Talbot, and Gibson. Fourth star of the game picked by you on my Twitter account, at Reed Wilkins. I put up a little poll. Ryan Nugent Hopkins picked fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The Nuge gets the game-deciding goal in the shootout. He plays 22-01. He goes 7 for 10 in the face-off circle. 780-496-0063. We have Matthew on the line. Hey, Matthew. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. Um, so for the penalty kill where they gave up a goal, I'm not sure you can blame the penalty killers on that because it's just a point shot and a good deflection. So. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. That was a tough one. Puck went from one side all the way to the other, and Fowler made a nice play putting the puck on net, and Kessler made a very good play getting a piece of it. Also, the uh, McDavid, when he took a slap shot, I'm pretty sure... That's the first time I remember him taking hmm. a slap shot. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be a jerk here and correct you. He scored on a slap shot last year in an afternoon game against the Arizona Coyotes. But you're right, he does not take slap shots take very often. Many. No, you are absolutely yeah. right. And that was like a that was a good slap shot. I think he could do just about anything he wanted pretty well. <laughs> but I mean, another great player, Jeremy Jagger, very, very rarely took a slap shot ever. But when your your wrist shot or your snap shots are so good uh, and so deceptive, you don't have to do it, and that's what Connor's like. Yeah. Um, well, I think they played well tonight, and they nearly got the regulation win, but it was good to get the extra point. Yeah, well, they need to count by twos, not not zeros. The odd one might be okay. It, it, there were there were a lot of close calls both ways. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. You could sit here and and say, well, that that was a good chance that hit the post that almost went in, and, and there was good goaltending both ways. It was a tight checking game. I like the way the Oilers played for the most part. They're going to need to score more, but in terms of goal prevention. Tonight, uh, I, I think they played a little desperate in their own end, Rob. I thought uh, Talbot came up big when you need him. Yeah, yes, you get a couple bounces, but that, but that always happens. But it also shows you that, and I think it was Chris Russell said it after the game, sometimes you play the right way and you don't win. Because this easy, uh, Adam Henrique had a great scoring chance right at the end of overtime. Talbot makes a big save. If he scores there, it doesn't take away from what the Oilers did the rest of the game. The, it was a good hockey game. Both teams could feel those they won the ho- they they should have won the hockey game. The Oilers got the the one bounce or the one uh, better shot in the skills competition to get them that extra point. Uh, so that's why when you start looking at how a team's playing, I know that the Oilers are desperate for points, but they need to be playing the proper way. And they need to do it over an extended period of time. And if they do, they're going to get more points and more wins than losses. So right now they've got a nice stretch coming up here of road team games against tough teams. If they play the way they played tonight, if they play the way even the first 40 minutes against L.A., you're, they're going to be in games. They're going to give themselves chances to win. And that's what they're going to have to do because this, this is a really tough road trip that they have right now that leads into a break. I know that Bob and Jack talked about 3-1-1. One, and one. I said you and I talked the other day. They had seven games before their break. I said that they needed to go four and three. They're one and one right now, so for me, three and two on the road trip uh, would be a very good road trip, I would think, and that'll set them up because after that, they've got a four-game stretch against teams that they should and need to beat if they want to be a playoff team. So I think this is a tough road trip. They're going to need... Well, hopefully they'll get the three wins out of this and, and work from there. Oilers get it done tonight, 2-1 in a shootout over Anaheim. We're looking for someone to finish the play. 
if you like winning stuff, 780-496-0063. We're coming right back. You're going to hear from Cam Talbot and Mike Camilleri, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 He'll take a wide turn right in front of the Anaheim bench, then cut inside between circles, fakes, backhander. Robert, we have made this very easy for you tonight on finish the play. Mike Camilleri's shootout attempt. Did he score? Yeah. Let's hear it, Kellen. He'll take a wide turn right in front of the Anaheim bench, then cut inside between circles, fakes, backhander score. He undressed John Gibson. What a move. And that was an easy backhand into the middle of the net. Camilleri gives Edmonton the lead. And the Oilers would go on to win the shootout 2-1 over Anaheim. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored on the Oilers' next attempt. And then Silverberg hit the post for Anaheim. Robert wins, finished the play. He gets an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Is that bad? Call into a radio station, say yeah, and we'll give you a prize. Yeah, it was pretty well. Oh, he was, yeah, I think he has a comment as oh. well. Sorry, Robert. We, we sorry, just, to sh- we're sorry to just, shut you out like that. We're just so eager to give you free stuff. We forgot you might want to talk about the game. What's on your mind, Robert? Uh, well, well, I mean, I thought I, I thought uh, I agree. Like uh, what you guys said earlier, I thought the the Oilers played the way they have to and the way they're gonna have to on this on this five game road trip because, like you said, they're they're playing playing some tough teams in Dallas, Chicago, and Vegas. So, I mean, I think if they like you said, if they play they play the way they played tonight. I think they'll be they'll be in the games now. They'll certainly give themselves a chance to come away with some points on this road trip. Well, you're right, and, and I think Todd said it well in his post-game remarks. You can't routinely give up three or four because most nights you're not going to win. And, and yes, it would have been frustrating to lose this game in a shootout, but at least you're hanging in there and giving yourself a chance to win. And the importance of this road trip, too. I mean, the teams they're playing are teams they're trying to chase. They're, they got play Dallas, chasing Dallas. They're playing Chicago. They're chasing Ch- Chicago. They're chasing they're, they're not going to catch Nashville, but no. they're in the West. Yeah, they're in the West. Uh, and then at the very end of the trip, well, Vegas, they're not catching Vegas. And they got Colorado, and Colorado's playing. Is it Colorado right before Vegas? Or no, Phoenix. Oh, Arizona. Arizona, who's Ari- behind. Who's behind. Well the, behind everybody. But, but Arizona actually won tonight. They beat Nashville tonight, so they're playing much better as well. Yeah, huge road trip coming up for the Oilers. They are eight out exactly half the season to go, and they've kind of been hovering in this six to nine, well, five to nine point range for a couple of months now where you can't really write them off, but you can't really say they're on the verge. They've certainly teased us with, oh, they're playing better the four-game win streak before Christmas, and then they tend to give the progress back. So that's going to be the challenge is to play more hockey like this tonight. Well, and, and it's a scary situation, too, for the Oilers. I mean, this is a tough road trip. It would be a tough for any team in the National Hockey League going out there. And if they come back limping at a 1-4 and four record on this trip... And then not playing for six days. Then all of a sudden, they, they might be yeah. 12, 14 points out of a playoff spot by the time they start playing after their mandatory break. And then it's uh, the the frustration and, and the, the sitting and watching and, and you come back... And 
can it's almost a helpless feeling if you get that far out so it is a very important road trip uh, and you want to start it off well because eh, it actually starts I mean Dallas and Chicago two good hockey clubs you put those two you get a win or two there it sets you up better for the rest of the trip Oilers take it 2-1 in a shootout tonight we are going to get to Talbot and Camilleri more from the Ducks dressing room as well this is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Really appreciate you joining us tonight. It's 11.04. It's the Edmonton Oilers 2, Anaheim Ducks 1 after a shootout here at Rogers Place. Chris Russell had the regulation time goal for Edmonton, his third of the season from McDavid and Lucic. McDavid back on the score sheet after going three games without a point for the first time in his NHL career. I feel like maybe I don't need to say NHL after that. He got a lot of points at every level of hockey. I'm guessing he didn't go three games in any (laughs) other league without a point. Kessler got his first, a power play goal for Anaheim from Silverberg and Fowler, 18 seconds into the second period. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, no Japanese Village goal like tonight. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. If the Oilers score five or more in a game, what you do is you go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. We're happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. We'll get to Ray in a minute. First, downstairs for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's goalie Camp Talbot. Seems like uh, that was would have liked to have clean points, but getting a win tonight was pretty important for you guys. Yeah, you never want to give away important points in in division like that. But like you said, we got the extra one, and that's what matters most. And the fact that you played pretty well doing it, like this was kind of the way you guys wanted to be trending. Definitely, especially heading out on their uh, tough road trip uh, to finish it off at home here. Uh, leave with some confidence against a really good team. So uh, the way we played, the way we defended tonight, we can take a lot of positives from this game and carry forward on the road trip. This is a little bit like a, I know it's never in the playoffs unless it is, but, you know, with the emotion and the pushing and shoving and overtime and all that, do you feel a little bit like it anyways? You can definitely feel that there's a rivalry there, especially coming off last year. It's the first time we played them. So, um, obviously, uh, two big, heavy teams down low going at it in front of the net. So, obviously, uh, emotions can run high in a game like this, especially in a tight game. So, uh, we did a good job handling ourselves tonight against a very good team. Big saves there for you in the shootout as well? I don't know if I touched one. I thought I got the one, but I kind of made a nice wow. shot. But, yeah, I mean, hey, I gave him nothing, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, just, uh, you know, in the second there, you guys eventually got that first goal. It's been a while since the team had scored. But how big was it for you to sort of hold down the fourth there when it seemed like the Ducks were sort of getting some momentum early in the second? It was huge. I mean, we, like you said, we finally get a, a goal there. It's been a, been a while, but um, we knew they'd have a pushback. They're not a team that's just going to roll over there. Uh, tight checking team and they're confident in those one and two goal games so we knew that they're going to have a push and we had to have our best against it and we played really well tonight all right and that's cam talbot who now has a new backup though as todd mcclellan did say alma toya is still on injured reserve though i think with the oilers acquiring him you can probably make a safe guesstimation that he's off uh, quite soon here's a little bit of trivia for you rob remember okay. last year al montoya shut out the oilers and did not win the game because it was a one nothing shootout game, was it? He was the goalie it? in Montreal. Oh, there you go. That's so right. the Oilers have seen him up close, and they know what he's capable of doing. Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout tonight, 780-496-0063. We have Ray standing by. Ray, thank you for calling. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Bit long time fan. Thanks. I have a question. What are you guys' opinion on the activation of Benning and and uh, Davidson going back down? Well, in all honesty, I believe Benning's a better better hockey player. I think he has more upside than Davidson. I think Davidson is a very good number seven defenseman that can come in uh, and, and spell somebody if someone's struggling or if there's injuries. Uh, Benning struggled his last time out. They pulled him out. They put Davidson in. I thought Davidson struggled as well. He really, I, I think he struggled when the puck was on his stick, moving the puck. Uh, I think Benning benefited from being up in the press box. Uh, I talked to him while he was up here. He said that he's able to see things up here. He was able to uh, learn that he probably has more time than he thinks when he's on the ice, and he's going to take that into the game, and then he did it tonight. And I thought I thought Benning was, was, was good tonight, as were, was the entire team. So I think that Benning is the better option, but Davidson is also an option that you can put in and feel comfortable with. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for your uh, time. Yeah, appreciate you calling, Ray. Yeah, I mean, I think Greib has obviously been uh, sent down, assigned to Bakersfield, so I, I would think if everybody's healthy, Benning and Davidson could be the guys who uh, are inter- interchangeable. But I, you're right, Rob, I, I agree with you. I think there's a little more dimension to Benning's game than with, than with Davidson, and mostly I think even though he, he Benning struggled with the puck, the the game against Winnipeg. G- generally, he's better with the puck. Yep. It has a little more offensive flair than Davidson. No, I agree. I, I think Benning's got great upside in this league. Uh, but like any d- young defenseman, he's going to have nights where things don't go his way. And sometimes, as a young player, sitting into the in the press box helps you. You don't feel it at the time, but once you get back out there, you're like, oh yeah, you know what? This is what I saw last game from upstairs. I'm going to put this into my game tonight. So, uh, Davidson is a nice. Uh, safety net that the Oilers have and we all know the number of defensemen that go down on any team that it's always good not to have just seven but eight or nine quality defensemen and the Oilers got Davidson and they got Ovitu too who did play well as when he was in the lineup it's he been was, a while he now he's getting better I mean yeah. he, he skates well yeah yeah he's not an overly physical player so that can hurt you sometimes but he does skate really well yeah and so they, they and maybe feel- he'll play forward <laughs> yeah I still don't I don't see that happening but it is an option they had him practicing there. Well, he yeah, I think that. I think, I think that's a message. Uh, well, the, well, true. That's yes. another thing you can say. Like, yeah, I, I don't. Hey. I, I don't know if he's better than what the Oilers have up front already. Oilers win two one in a shootout tonight. The Ducks coach is Randy Carlisle, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. What did you guys change in the final forty? Well, we didn't have a very good start. We were we were like we were skating with our boots on, and they had their their skates on. We were playing catch up, and it wasn't for our goalie. He kept us in the hockey game and gave us a chance. And once we got into uh, the dressing room between periods, we made a decision that we're not going to just play soft and play light and not get involved in the game and that's what we did in the first period but we battled back and we got a point in the game and you know we got to credit our goaltender power play and special teams we took two penalties in overtime you know that that we killed off and you know those are the types of things that uh, show the character of your team that you're able to battle back and stay in the games but a little bit too much um, I guess responsibility was awarded to our goaltender tonight. Randy uh, gets gets in there. He seemed pretty irritated in terms of 
what's called, what's not called. Did, did you share, share well, that? Well, I'm irritated too, but it doesn't uh-huh. do you any good. So, you know, I, you know, obviously we felt that there was some liberties being taken towards our, our goaltender, you know, in those two situations where people were going to that and pushing people. And to me, the situation could have been resolved much quicker. One warning and say, that's it, and it would have been all over. But I'm not saying there had to be a penalty there, but it just take control of the situation, and then it shouldn't be allowed to continue. That's all. You know, like you said, Gibby obviously played great. Connor was creating stuff all night. Uh, it just, I mean, the two kind of high-level guys sort of going at it well, this guess, evening. You know, again, it's the you know that they're uh, two elite athletes. You know, one playing a position where he's, he creates the offense, the other one is there to stop it. He's the last line of defense. So, you know, that's, that's what uh, happens in sports, and it's one of those glimpses of what's coming. So Randy Carlisle was talking about a couple plays where Oilers players crashed the net. Lucic went in there pretty hard once, though I, I think Fowler was... Actually, I think Fowler wound up contacting... Gibson more than Lucic did. I'll say this: I, I don't, you know, I, I don't mind a coach coming out and saying mm-hmm. that. I mean, you, you want to referees might hear that, or you send a message to the team or your other team. It, it is nice. We, we went years with people asking us why don't the Oilers have someone that'll crash the net. So, and I mean, certainly the last couple of years they've had guys that, that will do that. And I, I don't mind Lucic. You know, Pulleyarvi's shown a nose for the net. You got to keep doing that. Sometimes you might get a penalty even if you're not doing anything uh, dirty but it's nice to hear an opposing coach taking notice of that well and well he and he said it properly that's the proper way to say it as a coach he, he wasn't criticizing he was making a, a statement um, yeah I, I don't think there were any calls that needed to be made the one though I, I didn't realize until the, they talked with with Getzlaff after him I didn't realize that um, Gibson's skate was caught in the net on oh, that right. one yeah, play. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I didn't realize because Gibson was mad that they hadn't blown the one, the play down, and I think both Gibson and Getzlaff both thought the play was going to be blown down, so they just kind of stayed there, and the ref didn't. And then Nugent Hopkins has a great chance, and I and I, I know the fear that Getzlaff would have. All of a sudden, you look up and there's a puck coming out. You're like, oh no, you're not used to that. Uh, no, as a skater, no, there's no. a there's a reason goalies have full mask and all this gears because they're going to protect, like, be protected. So. It was a weird sequence, and then get, they finally Gibson finally gets his skate out and turns and starts yelling at the ref because San Jose or sorry Anaheim had the puck at the blue line and they didn't get it out. Now all of a sudden there's another shot that came on and Gibson wasn't prepared again for that one, so it was a really strange sequence that the Oilers almost capitalized on. But I guess that's what it's been with Edmonton for a while now. There's a lot of almosts for them and not a lot of success. But yeah, it was a weird one, and I, I could. I don't know if the ref probably didn't realize that his skate was caught either, but I I guess also is it the referee's responsibility to blow the whistle if your skate's caught? I, I know that I wouldn't th- if the because, mask comes off. Because sure. I know if the mask comes off it's automatic cuz it's safety. Yes. You have to do that. But when it comes to the skate because I know that as a player if your stick gets caught in the boards which we see occasionally. Well, remember when Ference's skate blade came off? Yeah, and yeah, and, well, and he had to crawl to the yeah. crawl to the bench and we've seen that a few times. I saw it again this year. I can't remember who it was for an opposing team. So it never gets blown down for that. So I'm not sure if there's a rule because it's a goalie or not, but Gibson was very, very upset that the referee hadn't blown the, the whistle down on it, and the Oilers almost took advantage of it. Russell had the shot, and as big as goalies are, 
He had even less of the net to shoot at because I mean Gibson was still taking up a lot of space and Getzlaff was well, they were side by side, but there, so they were basically side by side. But they weren't expecting a shot because they both were thinking the play is going right. to be dead, and all of a sudden they look up and here comes this puck coming at them. You know what? It's also intimidating for a, a guy shooting the puck. When you see a player in in there defending, I know I've I've been in situations where you come down and a, a guy's in an empty net and the player's playing goal. You're just a little intimidated because you don't want to fire one and hit the guy in the face. So you you're almost get a little too cute because you're trying to put it in a place where you score, but you don't hurt a player. And uh, I don't know if that was the case on that one there with, with, with Russell, but Getzlav, I know that there was fear in his eyes as that puck was coming at him. He made a big save that, that kept the game and got them the extra point. Oilers win 2-1 in a shootout. One of the guys who had a goal in the shootout for Edmonton, it was a beauty, Mike Camilleri. Well, Mike, just take us through your goal there in the shootout. I think a lot of people thought you were going to shoot, but you made a pretty nice deke there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I just tried to fake the shot and uh, was able to get one by him. Just uh, for the team to get that win, it was close. It was tight, a hard-fought win. What does it do for the group? Uh, I, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I think we, we liked a lot of things about our group tonight. And... Um, Therein lies the challenge to go to bed tonight and, and wake up and, and start working on it again tomorrow. Well, the fact that a lot of guys talked about this game maybe coming at the right time and to be able to step up and, uh, you know, beat the challenge tonight, what do you think that might maybe do for the group moving forward? Uh, you, you hope that results can uh, be a way of, uh, you know, uh, adding to, to commitment and adding to faith of what you're trying to do. So uh, winning usually helps that. Thanks, Mike. Yep. That's Mike Camilleri. Brendan Ulrich talking to Mike Camilleri, who is a two-time medalist from the World Junior Tournament. He won a bronze and a silver. Rob Brown won a gold in 1988. Our trivia question on the face-off show, which Russian player was the leading scorer in the 88 World Junior Tournament? Curtis knew that. Gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Alex McGillney. He was very good. There, the Russians were strong, and his line was incredible in that tournament. I think he had like two or three times as many points as the leading Canadian scorer. He had, where I wrote it down, he had. I think he had 18 points yeah. in seven games. And I think the leading, our leader was nine points. I, I think it was Hoggett. Hoggett had nine, and yeah. Flurry and I had. But you eight. guys clearly had it distributed. Well, absolutely. He still well, a lot but of goals. Back, they didn't really give out assists at those World Juniors in Russia. It was oh, really? There was a lot of unassisted goals. They didn't. <laughs> their spotters weren't very good at spotting second assists and things like that. You but still have the medal? I do. My wife uh, years ago had my sweater, the team picture, and medal all mounted and framed, and it's in my bar in my basement. Does so everybody cool. who was on that team have their gold medal? Nope. Uh, well, uh, a bunch of them were stolen when we flew out of Russia. That. The night after we won it, we flew to, to Finland to spend a couple of days there. And the Russian immigration people, I'm not sure, but anyone that had a medal in their suitcases were stolen. A lot of us, we just all wore them on the plane, but the guys that put them in their suitcases all had them stolen. And then later that year, Harold Ballard in Toronto brought all the players who had had their medals stolen and had a ceremony on the ice at Maple Leaf Gardens and gave those players other gold medals. So it was kind of cool. Oilers win 2-1 tonight in a shootout. Connor McDavid was flying. He got an assist. You'll hear from him when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 
630 chair. Off the draw, Milan Lucic, center ice, McDavid in over the line, left circle, back door, one-timer score! Chris Russell's got his third of the year, and Edmonton off the rush, finally breaks through against Gibson and the Ducks, it's 1-0, Russell from McDavid at 11.58. Well, what a relief that goal was. The Oilers scoring for the first time in 153 minutes and 43 seconds. Of course, they'd been shut out their last two games, hadn't scored since Dreisaitl tied it late in regulation time against Chicago. That was actually the only goal the Oilers scored tonight. They get credit for one more because they won in a shootout 2-1 over Anaheim. Connor McDavid insisted on the Russell goal. Here he is. You know, you look at Christmas and we're, we're four points out. It's two wins. Um, you know, it's not very much. So, you know, obviously we slipped a little bit here and, and some teams found a way to get wins. But, um, you know, it's so tight over here in the West. Uh, um, no one's really out of it. Uh, you know, easy to say, harder to do. But um, we'll find a way here. And obviously the acquisition of Montoya is, is nice. Um, you know, but uh, I don't think that, that should be a knock against LB. I mean, he was there when we needed him most. And uh, we can always uh, respect that. You have to feel good about going on the road as well because that's when you guys have made some of your best hockey and now you've got five in a row. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely comfortable on the road. I'm not sure what it is, but um, we guys find a way to, to put games together on the road and we have a big back-to-back here. Uh, you know, Dallas is a team we've had trouble with uh, you know, in their building and uh, Chicago as well. So um, we got to find a way to you know, put together two wins. I jumped in here like Connor. Um, just a lot of guys this morning talked about, you know, this game may be coming at the right time against the Ducks to actually step up and, uh, you know, follow through with that uh, commitment and win the game. What does that do for this group, do you think? It's important. Um, obviously, they're a team that uh, is ahead of us, uh, along with probably every other team in the West. So, you know, uh, these games are important, especially the divisional games. We've always said that all along. So, you know, nice to, to get the win and get the extra point and, uh, you know, take the confidence and, uh, and move forward on the road. Thanks. Read that's Connor McDavid. All right, thanks, Brendan. So, Connor McDavid, an assist tonight. The Oilers get a big one, 2-1 in a shootout over the Ducks. You heard McDavid mention the acquisition of Al Montoya, goaltender with the Montreal Canadiens. Hasn't played a lot this season because he suffered a concussion a couple of months ago. Should be able to go right away. 159 career games, a 9.08 career save percentage. So, I would expect uh, he's still actually on IR. I'd expect he'll be activated pretty soon in the Persuad will be uh, placed on waivers and assigned to Bakersfield if he clears, which I would expect him to do. You can get more on that trade, more on tonight's game on 630Ched.com. So the next broadcast for the Oilers coming up Saturday will sign on with the face-off show at 11.30 in the morning. The game will start at 1 as the Oilers visit the Dallas Stars. It'll be the same times on Sunday when the Oilers visit the Chicago Blackhawks. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Ched, this has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. In a shootout, Oilers 2, Ducks 1. Have a great night.